Well, welcome to another episode of the Shadoof podcast. So I'm Dustin Harding, head of research at the Shadoof Institute, and this is Weston Smith. How's it going? Uh, We're having fun. We're having fun. We have as our guest today, Clancy Stone. Really excited about that. We've we've been uh, talking to her a little bit before recording. Uh, really neat person. Honor to have you aboard here on the on the Shadoof podcast. <laughs> oh, you guys are so nice. Look at that. Feeling the love. <laughs> you, uh, Clancy, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and you got all kinds of projects going on. And- sure. Yeah, most definitely. So I um, currently am a business advisor at the Women's Business Center of Utah, where I work with women and we do help men, but mostly our clientele is women to help them in the business journey. So anywhere from having an idea to <laughs> opening a business or selling it, whatever they need. But before that, I served in the military as an officer, then went to corporate America. In corporate America, I was always the only woman at the table in operation. So it was super fun, a lot of challenges, obstacles, but moved from Houston about seven years ago and we just really fell in love with Salt Lake. And so um, currently I, um, after corporate America and all that, I had my own consulting business, which has turned into more of a nonprofit type I mean, it's for profit, but I really don't make money because I travel internationally just to help other women organizations mm. while my husband and I are now finally figured out our true passion. And it's um, this food truck that we're doing um, called Trimpies, oh. and we focus on food from the Gulf Coast. Ooh, Ooh Gulf Coast. Sounds good to me. Uh, <laughs> could we just, I mean, can we just spend the rest of the podcast talking about food? That- <laughs> I, I, oh my I gosh, that's right? Coconut <laughs> shrimp and spicy oh, shrimp man. sandwiches. and uh, Located in Salt Lake, obviously. Yes, so. yes, until we have Love global to... domination. Yeah. Right, yeah. absolutely. Well, we'll have to make it down there. Yes. And, uh, Sounds delicious. We'll make it down there, or you know, you'll expand and come to us. Right? Oh, that's know, that's right? ideal. That's the ideal <laughs> scenario right there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, happy to have you aboard. In our last episode, we uh, we were talking about uh, recognition programs uh, that that organizations do, and kind of. Uh, the the flaws behind the typical recognition program. And so a lot of the research that we're bringing into this episode stems from that. It's been this cool progression. It's like, it's tough. I mean, we kind of want to package things up nicely for our listeners, but it is also kind of a complex problem where we're we're taking like one bit of research leads to another, which leads to another. And so we're happy to, to have you here because this is kind of like more of the marketing side. Yeah. Like the, the recognition stuff that we've talked about in, in a previous episode, that's more for like like sales and, you know, management, management. Like yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. so this is yeah. So this is perfect for like marketing and particularly influencer marketing. Right, Dustin? Yeah. Yeah. What we're looking at just to kind of recap a little bit from uh, from prior episodes is a uh, social comparison is like a huge, huge issue that our society is is facing right now. And uh, a lot of recognition programs where organizations may feel like they are successful, uh, that they're actually demotivating most of their workforce. Uh, and it's by highlighting these individuals who have um, kind of outlier um, accomplishments, success. success. Right. Um, you're, you're forcing regular people to compare their, their abilities to that and it actually decreases their confidence and demotivates. And so we talk about ways to go around that. And people do this even on a subconscious level. But if you, if you invite the comparison, then it just kind of happens. Yeah. 
Now, Clancy, do you use, I'm sure you integrate influencers into your marketing and into your business advising for other entrepreneurs? Yeah, I, I think there is this perception with influencers and business owners that if they just get that one like Kardashian influencer, mm -hmm. they're going to be set for life. And on a smaller scale, we have found that people are actually more successful if they get those influencers who have like eight to 10,000 followers mm -hmm. um, to grow their base and to get better exposure and to build collaborations because, you know, they're more organic and authentic to their brand, right? Mm -hmm. And they're really right. engaged. I mean, we get to that million, two million mark of people, it really becomes a machine, a money machine. And mm -hmm. so that ability to connect. So some of the research that, that we've been looking at, and we, we've kind of uh, discussed with uh, Mitch Murdoch we had in our live event, he kind of mentioned this thing as well, where you have these these outlier, like amazing influencers, and then you have these uh, somewhat, like they still have thousands of followers, mid-range influencers, right? Um, and, and he mentioned that same thing, that a lot of times you can have more success with these individuals. Right. And, and it, part of it may be uh, their authenticity to the brand. Like you said, the money machine. Right? Yeah. yeah. I think what, it's so too. Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I think it's also too, it's still at the eight to 10,000 follower level. They're mm -hmm. not into the spectrum of needing support from others. So they're still doing it. So I think that's why it's so... Um, successful for people to collaborate and to really draw in who they are because I have a good friend that is a is an influencer and a famous yoga instructor but on the back side I mean smoke and mirrors she always highlights her and her three kids out of New York City but she has a nanny she gets professional <laughs> photos her dad's yeah. like one of the number one surgeons doctors in the country comes from privilege she's married to one of yeah. the Wall Street dudes and so it's like the uh, ability to seem like, hey, I'm a mom that does yoga and I travel the world and does, mm. you know, there's so many moving parts behind the scenes. And I think that's what people don't realize, the thousands of dollars that, that go into that or people right. of privilege who are able to do this because they have a safety net of their yeah. spouse. I think some people don't realize that, but I think it's becoming something that more and more people do realize that right. that's it's what's good. kind of going on behind the scenes. And it, as more people try it, they're like, oh, they were, the reality is something different. Right? Yeah. I want someone to show me the influencer who is a mom, who has a full-time job, who has a clean house and she does it herself and she cooks and she washes her own car. Because I will tell you this, from what I do, and now that COVID, we're all in the home together, yeah. House is a, oh yeah, is a nightmare. <laughs> so we've run several studies, and what's what's interesting is so you have the mid range influencers, but what we've been comparing is like mediocre people that aren't even like mid range influencers. These are like people that just have you know a few hundred followers. Uh, versus high-end uh, influencers. Let me show you. I'm just going to share um, this this screen so so you can see, and then I'll uh, I'll describe it. We'll describe it for our listeners. So here we ran a, a study. This was a survey, but unbeknownst to the participants of this survey, it was actually an experiment. So they were asked to go through these Facebook posts. We just had a bunch of random posts, 
uh, and they, they came across um, this, which they, they only saw one version of this one post. This is a post. Somebody's trying to sell skirts that they've uh, kind of bundled together, like a typical like influencer thing. Product uh, kind of. Yeah, product thing. So these two posts, they're identical. The only difference is we just changed the number of likes uh, the number of comments, different things like that. So you have this uh, this high end influencer who has, uh, you know, twenty seven thousand likes, uh, you know, one point six thousand comments, uh, and then thousands and of shares. Thousands of shares. On the on the flip side, you have this post that has uh, fifty five likes and and, and 16, sixteen comments, comments <laughs> uh, which is still kind of drastically, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, drastically yeah. different, right? And then afterward, we asked them questions about this. And one, one of the questions that we asked uh, about this post in particular is we asked them, th- these were all female participants, we asked them to imagine that they went to the link and we showed them a series of skirts and asked how much they'd be willing to pay for each skirt. And this is the, uh, the totals. What, what we saw is like the typical influencer. Participants were willing to spend $45 on the skirts. But for the non-traditional influencer, you know, just a regular person, they were willing to spend about $54 for the skirts. So that $10 is a huge difference. It's a right? huge difference. Yeah. And so we got really excited. This was one study where I'm like, is this really going to work? Like, because right. we, we influencers are, you know, if they have so much more followers than intuition, you'd think like, oh, then that, that would establish that these are good products and people would want to pay more for the skirts. But, right. but we get the exact opposite. And a lot of this research that, that we've been looking at looks at like kind of what you said. So you may be an influencer based on likes. You may have like the image of this perfect person. My, my house is perfect. My makeup is always perfect. Everything's in order. And right. so, so what we wanted to do is kind of test like, okay, we looked at likes and we compared influencer likes to like just like a normal person likes. But what we wanted to do is say, okay, does the same thing happen if we look at this like model influencer versus versus regular person and, and likes? Like how, how do those all correlate together? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. So here's this, uh, this next study. So it was the same thing that we did the last time, except... Now there's four groups of people. Split it into four. Just like before, there's either high likes or low likes. Then what we had is we had like this, it's like a model, like like a model influencer. Right. And, uh, and then we had just a normal person like like influencer. Uh, Which is like, almost like just like a, a selfie snapshot type. Yeah. Of thing. Yeah, like you can see the quality snapshot. of photo, like the, the quality of the photo of just like, hey, regular person here talking yeah. about something I love versus someone who obviously made sure the lighting was perfect Probably and their like hair an was perfect. And right. <laughs> but, so what you get is is you have like the model version that has high likes versus average likes. And then, then you get like the typical person that has high likes and regular likes. Uh, so we asked the same question at the end of that survey, and pretty much it was it was all about the same for for three of those conditions. So they were they were willing to spend forty to forty five dollars if there was any like high influencer part to this. So either there were high likes or it was like a model, or there were high likes and it was a model. There weren't really any statistical differences between those three groups. The only one that stood out was the regular person with regular likes. In that condition, they were willing to spend $55. 
Okay. So it was, uh, so, so, so that's, here again, it's, yeah. a, it's a $10 difference. Yeah. That's a make or break you if you're looking at a small business. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. I think that culturally, like what you were saying is we have the, this focus on being like perfect or having like the perfect influencer when, when really like being authentic and being real is, is so much more uh, important. Right. I think people can kind of smell the fake, if that makes sense. Totally. Well, it's like even when I work with business owners and they want to emulate someone that they've seen their perfect Instagram and all of that. Right. And I always encourage them, I'm like, look, trust, <laughs> trust me on this. It's really hard for them to trust that. Show pictures of you, your team, what you're doing. And so one of my clients, she, she was in the health industry and she was her brand, yeah. like, she had, she's a nurse and all of these things. And, you know, branding and looking clean was really important to her. She had a list of stock photos. I'm like, don't use those. Highlight you, highlight your team, show what you're doing in the field. And so, you know, you can encourage as much as possible, but people have to make their own decisions. And so yeah, she right. started with stock photos. And I, and I always like w- watch my clients as, you know, they grow. <laughs> and, and, sure. and then like months later, she reaches out to me and she's like, so guess what? We're at this event and I took pictures of me and my team and posted it. And that one picture of us got more traction, got more followers, got mm. more engagement wow. than any other. And mm. I'm like, yeah, it's a true thing. People want to see you, what you're doing in it, not a stock photo. You can't trust that. Right. That's awesome. That, That's awesome. that would be like, probably for you, that would probably feel pretty re- rewarding, not in like a I told you so kind of way, but just like, you know, as you watch oh, no. people that you. I'm like, yeah, I know my stuff. That's <laughs> validation. <laughs> Listen to Clancy, you guys. It's just so frustrating in business overall, especially when you have small business owners in here in Utah, because they can get de- feel defeated before they even start because we praise, mm. you know, corporations, right? Like Jeff right. Bezos and all of these types of. Um, or look at the tech companies here. But what people don't realize is here in Utah, the reason those people get those opportunities and those corporations is because we have a super strong foundation of small business owners. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, their practices, they're not different. If you follow a process through to the end and trust and lean into that fear, you're going to be successful. I mean, for my husband and I right now, you know, when we want to launch our business and we're going to, we have, I mean, we literally have our food truck in my driveway right now and nice. COVID happened oh. and it's like, Oh, and so everyone's like, so you're not going to do it. I'm like, no, we're going to do it. And they're like, well, that's ridiculous. I'm like, we just have to pivot. Right. So it's an opportunity to test it out and scale it down, which kind of worked out for our advantage of where we're at, but you just have to push through that. Wow. Yeah. You just find ways to adapt. You find you find things that work. You find you know find solutions to the problems, and that's yeah. that's kind of what we're all about. So. Yeah. I love how you are building off of this. I'm a huge process person. That's a big <laughs> part of my background, and so I love how you're you know documenting the scientific element of process and data because it's so true. And people right. go into this like I feel like this is my target audience or. I feel, and I'm like, if you feel these things, let's put some data to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Going on gut instincts is fine as long as you check those gut instincts with with data right. and research. Right. You you could be totally on, but you could be totally off. And and this type of research, I mean, these these studies, like each study is like I don't know, a couple hundred bucks, right. and takes like a day. You know, yeah. and and so so it's it's a cheap thing that people can do before they 
lay everything out and and, and jump start, into yeah, all start pumping risk. money into it. Well, it's the same thing. I was apply that to what we've just been talking about. Well, the influencers, like yep. not only is this better, but it's probably good for entrepreneurs that you advise because it's it's, it's inexpensive for them. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and and people think though it's just like with influencers though there can be you know this collaboration where you don't give it all away. And I think when people mm -hmm. go through their process, because I've had clients who launch with one product and collaborate with other influencers. And mm -hmm. one thing I do at the Women's Business Center is I'm super big on supporting local and women businesses, right? However, if you are phony, I will bust you out <laughs> in my trainings. And so I have seen really good social uh, media influencers here in Utah, but when I've used their services, they're terrible. And really? then I'll test them out like, okay, so what's the client experience like? Okay, if it's a bad experience, then what do they do about it? Or if it's a good experience, you know, what does that look like? And yeah. perception here, it's crazy town. And mm -hmm. it's really hard to get people to trust in if I have a really good product and I give a really great client experience, people will pay for that. Yeah. And so, mm -hmm. but they do. So, yeah. yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah, it's like people want that, like they, they crave it. Well, but yeah. I think that's why we have so many bad restaurants in Salt Lake City because people go to people here they know and like first, and then they go, oh, is this a good product? And we have a lot of bad restaurants. That's the, after, that's the afterthought. <laughs> that's too bad. Well, <laughs> well that's neat. It's been awesome. Yeah. It's been awesome having you totally. on this podcast. Totally. That, that was a great, oh, man, that was a great discussion. And Gosh, it went by sounds so like fast. you're doing awesome work. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a lot of amazing... Salt Lake, even during COVID, is one of the best places in the country for entrepreneurs. So if anybody awesome. listening is interested in launching a business, still you can trust in that and be successful during COVID-19. There you go. And get awesome food truck food. And get, and then you can get some awesome I'm shrimp. Gonna to, I'm going to have to bring some down to y'all. Oh, oh, that, that would be awesome. That would be fantastic. <laughs> and we're excited to, you know, to, to be able to have your real world experience and, and um and to kind of collaborate with you on this. So that's awesome. No, you guys were great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you much. And Thank we'll you. See you later. All right, we'll let you go. Bye. Bye. See ya. <laughs>